Daniel chapter 12, verse number three. This is a verse that Ronnie Simpson used the other night preaching. I'm going to tell you something tonight. The message that Ronnie Simpson preached, on, was it on Saturday night or Sunday night? On soul winning. When was that? Sunday night. God means to change this church forever with that message. That was not a normal setting in that, me- in that service. I've been around a little bit. And that message God sent to this church, and God wants to literally take this church off the, gra- off the runway and do with this church what he wanted to do. And, that's, and that is not necessarily seeing a lot of people come here. What it is, is taking the people that already come here and reaching people everywhere for the gospel of Jesus Christ. All that we can do here. We're not responsible for Springfield, Kansas City, in that sense that we don't have a church there. But there are people in Kansas City and St. Louis that may never go to any church up there that we might be able to reach through some means, whether it be Facebook or whatever it might be. Now, Daniel 12, 3 said, They that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. He used that verse as a base verse about having the wisdom to get involved in turning people to righteousness, turning people to Christ, winning people, witnessing of the salvation of Jesus Christ. Let's go to Proverbs eleven thirty. Now, we're going to do a lot of scripture here, so I hope you write all these down. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. <laughs> tree of life. The fruit of the righteous, what a church produces, it's fruit, the fruit of a church is a tree of life. That's mean, that speaks of salvation. And he that wins souls is wise. I want this church to be wise in winning souls. I want us to have the wisdom of God, how to reach people. First Corinthians 15, 58. This is one, probably about the second or third most important verse to me as a minister, as a preacher of the gospel. This verse has kept me going. It has kept me buoyed up. It's kept me strengthened and encouraged and enthused because I remember, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. I'm telling you, the only thing I'm doing in life that's not in vain is what I'm doing for the Lord. And it's really true for you too. Now, we're going to give you some reasons why every Christian ought to be involved in witnessing and seeing people come to Christ. I had a young man come to me during the revival service, and I don't even know whether he's here tonight. I ain't looking around, don't matter. But he came to me, I'm not going to tell you who it was. But he came to me and uh, with tears in his eyes, and we was way outside the tabernacle. And he had two friends that were lost. And he talked to me about them. He said, I need to know how to witness to them. I need to know how to talk to them about the Lord. And I tell you what, when you get a, a teenage boy who cares about his buddies and cares about his friends, you got something going on right. Amen. And uh, so anyway, we're going to go through reasons why everybody ought to be involved in this one way or another. Number one, sinners are perishing. Lost people are dying and going to hell. Jesus said that they should not, why I believe in him? That they not perish, but have everlasting life. Perish does not mean cease to exist. It means perish in everlasting, the wrath of God, the punishment of God. The Bible said in Psalms 9, 9 verse 17, the wicked shall be turned into hell and all nations that forget God. Don't ever forget that a lost man is headed to hell. Revelation 20, 15 says, whosoever is not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Do we believe that? People whose names are not in the Lamb's book of life are going to hell. People are dying and going to hell. He that, Mark 16, 16, he that believeth not shall be damned. John 3, 36, he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. John 3, 16 says that again, that he, they should not perish, but have everlasting life. They're, the reason that we need to be involved in reaching people for Christ is that people are dying and going to hell. Yeah. 
The second thing, love should constrain us. The apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, 14, the love of Christ constraineth me. Paul said, I can't help it. I love these people. I care where they're going to spend eternity. I care about their homes and their families and their life. And I'm going to tell you something. A church that doesn't love the lost and doesn't love people ain't worth a flip nickel for anybody. And I'm going to tell you something. I, this, I just want to say here tonight, there's some people in this church, you astound me by the care that you have about people. You work at trying to get people to church. You work at trying to get people saved. I want to tell you something. That, 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 that impresses me. Now, the third thing, not only, number one, people are perishing and dying and going to hell. The second thing, God, the love of God ought to constrain us. Paul said, the love of God constraineth me. And then the third thing is God commands us. Now listen to me. When you become a Christian and you surrender to, he's not just your savior. He's the Lord. Amen. We're to do what he says. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. He said, if you let me, Mark 16, 15 says, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, the mice, the mooses and everybody else. Amen. <laughs> preach it to everybody. Preach it. Then Mark 5, 19, he said, go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord has done for you. That was that demon possessed guy in Gadarene. And Jesus, when he got saved, he wanted to go follow Jesus. Jesus said, no, wait a minute. You go back to your home and you tell them what great things I've done for you. Go back in your area and be a witness to the people there. That's where you're needed. Luke 14, 23 says that we're to go out to the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. You can't tell me God likes a third a house that's half empty or two thirds empty. You can't tell me that. God wants his house full. Can I just be honest? Can, let's just be honest. The devil would like nothing more than for people to drive across that bridge on Sunday morning and there'd be two or three cars over here in the parking lot. That would please the devil. Why would it please the devil? Because lost people drive by and say, there ain't nothing going on there. Listen, there's something to that. It's not for church glory and preacher glory and all that. It's for the glory of God. But he literally says that my house may be filled. Mark 4, 19, it's up here on our wall. Follow me and you might be a fisher of men. I had a preacher tell me one time, he said, Reggie, if you're not fishing, you're not following. Because he said, if you follow, he'll make you to be a fisher of men. Acts 1 said, you shall be witnesses unto me. You shall be. So it's actually a sin of disobedience for your preacher not to be in the business of witnessing to other people and trying to bring people to Christ. Number four, our position is urging us to be a, to be a soul winner. Second Corinthians 5, 20 says, Now we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us and hath given us the ministry of reconciliation. What is the ministry of reconciliation? God here, lost man there, you in the middle. God, you, God, it's you trying to get them reconciled. And they're reconciled through Jesus Christ. Amen. And so God's given us that ministry. But further than that, he said, you're an ambassador for me. You're a representative of my kingdom. Yes. Now I'll tell you, an ambassador ought to do right. And he ought to, he ought to represent that kingdom well. But you and I have the glorious privilege of being an ambassador for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now the next thing is, is a responsibility. You and I have responsibility. Paul said in Romans 1, 14, I am debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. He said, I'm a debtor to everybody. I have a debt of love. Somebody give me the gospel. I'll tell you what, he had a debt. Old Stephen was being stoned and Saul was holding his coat. Yep. 
And I'm going to tell you something. Stephen preached a message to him when he loved him, even under his persecution. And Paul knew he was seeing something. Saul knew he was seeing something supernatural. And Paul said, I've got a responsibility. I owe somebody a debt of love. I'm glad somebody told me about Jesus. I'm glad somebody preached the gospel to me. I'm, the older I get, the more I'm so grateful for the missionaries who came into this country. Not a church building in front of them. Not a parsonage to stay in. Came in on a horse. I'm going to tell you when America was great, and that's when they had them old circuit, ride, circuit riding preachers that didn't know where they were going to sleep that night. Didn't know what they were going to eat. But they would come into those communities and knock on those doors and tell people about the Lord Jesus Christ and say, hey, we're going to have a meeting over here by the creek. I watch Sheffy about every two months just to keep myself where I need to be. But I'll tell you what I like, that movie, Sheffy. How many, is not, how, many has, how many has seen it? Raise your hand. All right. How many seen it just one time? Raise your hands. You need to see it about 50 more times. You'll get something out of it every time. Amen. But I want to tell you something. Sheffy had a burden for people. His wife would say, what? Honey, you're getting old. You don't need to be out. And he'd say, there are souls out there. There are people who need the gospel. We've got to get the gospel. He was, what was it? He had a debt to pay those people. Why? Remember when he was a young boy? And that old preacher gave him the gospel and he realized he had a debt to other people. I'm telling you something. This is not just about you and I getting saved, got our ticket to heaven and now go live our own life for, on our, for ourselves. That's not what it's about. So we have it at Ezekiel 33, verse number eight bothers me. You look at that verse, read that. If thou dost not speak to warn the wicked from the air of his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thy hand. I don't know all the implications of that. I just know it ain't good. That if I do not, I'm going to tell you something. That, that boy walking down the highway, just doing kind of this stuff right here, flopping along, middle of the highway, my first reaction was in the flesh. You need to get out of the road, Dodo. And about three seconds later, it's like God said, yeah, that's the problem with you, Reg. You got an attitude of the flesh. You don't see him as somebody that needs Jesus. You need to change your attitude. You need to repent. By the way, repentance is real simple. Turn, stop, and go the other way. Quit trying to dice all that stuff up with 42 Greek definitions of repentance. That makes me sick. Stop, turn around, go with God. Stop going with the world and go with God. That's all that is. Now, he said there in verse number James 5, 20, and this may not have the best application, but said, let him know that he which converts the sinner from the air of his way shall save a soul from death. God wants us to turn people from their sin. But the field is calling us. Number six, the field is calling us. John 4, 35, say not ye that four months, then come to the harvest. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know what happened to me in that camp meeting. But it's like I said, Reggie, have you thought about your age? How many years you got left, Reggie? How much wheat you going to leave in the field? How much time do you have? Jesus said, say not there yet four months and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields for they're white already to harvest. Just the little circle we took down there the other night in the housing part down here in Norwood. I, I seen people I didn't even know lived in Norwood. I can tell you right now, I would say probably 80% just live right down there. Do not go to church anywhere. Most of them are lost. I'm just going to be honest with you. We knocked on the door. Most of them are lost. That's right here in our little town. And I'm driving through. Mark 9, 37. Then saith he to the disciples, the harvest is truly plenteous, but the labors are few. Now I want you to think about this. God says there's plenty of harvest, but not many labors. We're going to talk about this tonight. And I want you to tie this back into Wednesday night when I was floored by the number of people that came out. It literally shocked me. 
Those of you online, I want you to get in on this message tonight. Because we're going to give you an opportunity at the end of this message, at the end of this service tonight, to get involved in the greatest work in the world. I want you to listening. But uh, I want you to think about getting involved in what we're getting ready to do. The harvest is plenty, so labor is too. Pray ye therefore the Lord to harvest, that he'll send forth labors into his harvest. Number seven, Jesus has chosen us. John 16, 8 says, herein is my father glorified. Watch this, herein is my father glorified. John 16, 8. John 16, 8. Well, I ain't got the right one, I guess. I'm sorry. Herein is my, I'll give it to you. Here it is. Herein is my father glorified that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. How is God glorified in our life? Did he get it? Did he get it? Okay, there you go. I give you the wrong chapter, boys. Thank you. Herein is my father glorified. You tell me what glorifies our heavenly father. That ye bear much fruit. This is not talking about the fruit of the Spirit. This is talking about the fruit of a Christian. And the fruit of the Christian is to reproduce, to bear like fruit. Our Father is glorified by fruit bearing of winning people to Christ and turning people to righteousness. Now, we are not talking tonight about getting somebody to bow and have a prayer with you. That's right. That may occur on occasion. What we're talking about, all we can do is seed and water. We cannot save anybody, but the Holy Spirit can. But what has to happen with seed is you have to plow the ground up a little bit. Josh, you know this. Everybody you talk to ain't going to be happy. One of the men I talked to the other night, I mean, he got angry with me. He got puffy with me, real puffy. Finally said, you need to leave. I was not hard on him, was not. But I'm telling you something, what was going on? I had to plow the ground up a little bit. I had to tell him, no, you're not good. The Bible says there's none good. No, not one. Yes, you are a sinner. Yes, you will go to hell without Jesus Christ. That's called plowing up the ground. You have to plow the ground up once in a while. And I'm telling you something, then you can plant the seed and then it can be watered. But the Holy Ghost, did you know something? That seed has to go and has to be buried for it to come up. And that's what's got to happen. We're not talking about you. Man, alive, Reggie. If, if we're not careful, we're not in the vacuum sales business. And I don't mean to hurt anybody's feeling about that. But that's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to get the gospel to people. And, and there's two things you want to remember. When you're talking to people, they fall in two categories real fast as far as a lost man. They're either humble or they're proud. If they're humble, they'll agree with that they're lost. And they'll say, you know, I need to do something about this. A proud man's going to tell you how good he is, yeah. and I'm going to meet all my family in heaven, and he'll just talk about his self-righteousness. Don't give that man the gospel right Amen. then. You're wasting your time. He sees no need of a cross, sees no need of a Savior. He thinks he's a good man. Go to the law and ask him if he's ever stolen anything. Yep. Ask him if he's ever lied about anything. Ask me if he's ever dishonored his father and his mother. And you say, you don't like that terminology, I don't care. Plow his ground up with law and break down, break and pro- knock the props out from underneath his self-righteousness. Amen. Knock the props out from underneath his self-righteousness and leave him dangling over hell. Amen. Pretty soon he'll be looking for a savior. Amen. A man that knows he's drowning will reach out and holler for help. But if he don't think he's in trouble, he'll never say a word. So anyway, so we got Jesus chosen. He said, my father's glorified if you bear fruit. Now the next, he said, I've chosen you. John 15, 16, is that? Yeah. You have not chosen me, but I've chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit. I'm going to be honest with you. <clears throat> There's an old song. 
must I go in empty handed Terry can you help me on that it's an old song must I go in empty handed must I meet my savior so not one soul with which to greet him there's an old song you never mention Jesus to me and you helped me not the light to see you met me day by day and you knew I was astray and yet you never mentioned Jesus to me when in a better land before the throne we stand how grieved how deeply grieved our souls may be. Now listen to this. If any lost one there should cry out in deep despair, you never mentioned Jesus to me. I just talked to my son, one of my sons a while ago before church that the Lord's dealing with me about stopping and seeing a neighbor of ours. He's an elderly man. He's not in good shape. And uh, he's farther along the road I am. He said, Daddy, he does have a Bible there on his inside there on the where he's deal. But I said to, to Nathan while ago, I said, one of us needs to go see him. I'm going to drive by there one day, Don, and we'll, and we'll find out he's dead. Passed on. And I'm going to be like Ronnie Simpson said the other night. And the Lord said, Reggie, you need to talk to him. You haven't talked to him about his soul. And I do not want him saying to me at judgment, you talk to me about hay, you talk to me about cattle, but you never mentioned Jesus to me. I'm not trying to be sentimental. I'm just being honest with you. What's going to count is did you mention Jesus to those of you around? Number eight, our salvation experience is compelling us. Second Corinthians five seventeen said, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. Old Philip got saved, and he went and told his brother Nathaniel. I tell you, the Samaritan woman, she had run tell the whole town. Man gets saved. I tell you what, if you say, I don't, I'm saved, but I don't care about anybody's soul, I doubt if you're saved. Oh, D.L. Moody used to say that in firmness. He said, if you don't have a care for somebody else's soul, it's a sign you've never been saved yourself. For he said, I have seen men, I have not seen a man come and gloriously saved, but what he got up in the altar and his thought was, I need to go talk to some of my friends or some of my family about the Lord. Number nine, the nature of the gospel is requiring us. The very nature of the gospel is good news and it needs to be told. Romans 1.16 says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth. Number 10, hell, and this one here gets me, hell is begging you and I to talk to the people about their souls. In Luke 16, 27, look what it says. And the rich man cried, uh, Luke 16, let's go to verse number uh, 27, I think. Well, I don't know why I ain't got, the, there we go. Let's go down. There you go. Right, that's it, 24. I'm sorry, boy, give you, the wrong, give you the wrong verse there. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue from tormenting in these flames. Do you understand tonight there's people in hell would give anything if you'd go talk to somebody? He's begging. He is begging. 
Somebody go talk to my, my brothers. Lest they come to this awful place of torment. Hell tonight has been. I'm, I sometimes wonder what's, what's hell think? What, what's the church doing? What are you doing? You're having your Sunday morning services, but you don't talk to nobody during the week about their soul. Nowhere. What is this? A joke? When people in hell are screaming and begging? Can you imagine tonight? I'm not trying to, I don't want, I did not want this service to go to heaviness. But it's just the flat truth. I mean, we forget about these verses that God has recorded. Number 11, I like this one though. Heaven is encouraging us. Luke chapter 15, there's joy in the presence of the angels of God of one sinner that repentance. Some old boy said every time somebody gets saved, they have camp meeting up heaven. Amen. Can you imagine the joy that's in the presence of the angels? Who would be in the presence of the angels in heaven? Save people. It's not the angels, it's the, somebody in the presence of the angels. There are saved people who are in heaven and they somehow or another see the eternal perspective and how critical it is for a man to be saved. And there's a, there's a, there's a lift up of joy in heaven when one sinner gets saved. Number 12, joy is awaiting us. You know what I've never seen yet? Seen people get happy, this happy about folks getting saved. I tell you, I've seen people just laugh and hug and cry and, and rejoice and shout and be so glad somebody got saved. Psalms 125, 126, verse 5 and 6. Watch this. They that sow in tears shall reap how? In joy. I want to ask us, when's the last time we wept over lost sinners? Uh, listen to me tonight. I am not a preacher jumping upon you. I didn't come in on the last revival train here. I'm not jumping on you. I'm the most guilty in this church. But I am, as pastor, trying to bring this church back into the biblical truth of reaching the lost for Jesus Christ. Amen. That's all I'm trying to do. And I'm with you. Amen. Amen. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. Watch this. He that goeth forth, go forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall what? Doubtless. Come again with rejoicing, bringing his she's with him. I tell you what, folks, if we want to have a life of joy, let's see people saved. Let's give them the gospel. Well, number 13, we've looked at this. If we're wise, we'll win souls. That's what the Bible says. He that wins souls is wise. And then number 14, there's something going on, and that is time is running out. Time is running out. Romans 13, 12, the night is far spent. The day is at hand. And knowing the time that now is high time to wake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. Night cometh when no man can work. I don't know what to do. You know, I'm kind of hard. I want these boys just to pray and do what God has them to do. I'm going to finish this thing out. But our, number 15, our conscience ought to be driving us to win people. Why? 1 Corinthians 15, 34. Look what it says. This verse knocks me out. Why don't you look at this verse? Awake to righteousness and sin not. Who's he writing to, Christian people? Why? For some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. Yeah. There are people in Norwood, Wright County, they don't know how to be saved. Right. Right. There's kids who don't know Daniel in the lion's den. They don't know Noah in the flood. They don't know nothing about God. God says to the church, are there people in your area who do not know how to be saved, I speak this to your shame. It's a shame that you have a church in the middle of this area and there's people that do not know how to be saved. Jesus didn't tell us to do something that he hasn't done. Right. I don't like a leader who won't lead, amen? amen? But he did. 
Luke 19, 10, the son of man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. Jesus left the glory land of heaven. He left the comforts of heaven, came to this vile, nasty earth, took upon himself flesh and came to this world. He, you talking about a soul winner who headed out to get something done. Our Lord did. Luke 4, 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And by the way, there's a lot to that. Arrogant people that are that are that think are self-righteousness, they don't have a use for it, but if they're going to broken, he preached the gospel to the poor, healed the brokenhearted. And I'm going to say this while I'm thinking about it. You're out, you're talking to somebody, ask them if there's if they act like they're not interested, say, is there anything our church could be praying for you about? And write it down. You'd be surprised how many people's got a broken heart and a bad situation, and they'd give anything for somebody to pray. I walked to the last the last door I knocked on down there the other night. This man's crippled. And I, I just said, hey, we're out giving out gospel tracts, tell you how to go to heaven. And uh, wanted to give you this for you to read. And he looked at me. He said, would you please come in? I said, well, yeah, I'll come in. And boy, he walked over and he shut that TV off. He said, come in, come in, come in. Sit down, sit down. He said, there ain't nobody ever comes and visits me. He said, you're the first person that's ever come seen me since I moved to Norwood. He said, I'm in a, he said, I was a drug dealer, drug head in Kentucky. He said, I'm in a drug protection system. They sent me up here. And he said, I about give up on God. He said, I, I just, he said, I'm, I'm in such a mess. People are hurting. And all he wanted was some, he was so thrilled somebody come out and talk to him. Loneliness will kill you. Jesus said to come to heal the brokenhearted. Mark 2, 4, as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of the Alpha, said in the receipt to come, said to come, follow me. John 4, 4, he said, I must needs go through Samaria. There's a woman by a well down there and I got to go see her. <laughs> Mark 3, 9, 36 says, when he saw the multitudes, he was what? Moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Number 17, the apostle Paul demonstrated it. Oh, get this. Look at Acts 20. Paul said, How I kept back nothing from this profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house. What did he do? He said, I've showed you. Kept nothing back from you. Taught you publicly and from house to house. Testifying both to the Jews and the Greek repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul is our example. Acts 20, verse 26. Let's go up to verse 26. Wherefore, I take you to record this, that I am pure from the blood of all men. Now, I'll tell you, that's serious talk. Paul said, God sent me to carry the gospel. And he said, I am pure from the blood of men. I can't say that tonight. But we ought to be able to say it. But I say, Lord, if you tell me witness, somebody talks to me, I don't want to talk to him. You say, what was going on this afternoon when you was headed home after church, tired, wore out, just zonked out? I, I'm honest with you, I just zonked out and I left here. What was going on when you met that boy in the street, when God's trying to deal with you? God's trying to make sure that I was pure from the blood of all men. What if I'd have turned around and come back and somebody had hit him and killed him? That could have happened. And he had been gone. Acts 20, 26 says that uh, we already got that. But let's go to verse 31. Uh, is it 31? Yeah, look at this. Therefore, watch, remember that by the space of three years, I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. Man cared about souls. 
1 Corinthians 2, 2, for I am determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6, I planted, Apollos watered, God gave the increase. For we are laborers together with God. 1 Corinthians 9, 22, to the weak I become as weak, that I might gain the weak. I made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. Can I tell you something? Now listen to me tonight. I'm, I'm not preaching, I'm talking to you. We witness to people, you know what to thrill me? If they never come in this church, but go to another church and get saved, I'll be a happy preacher. Amen. Are you listening to me? Amen. If I never come to this church, if they never drive their car on this property, but they wind up saying, well, my mama goes to church over so-and-so, or my sister goes, that's what happens a lot of times. Yeah. My sister goes to church, I think I'll go over where she's at. And they go over and hear the gospel and get saved. Yeah. That's what we're after. We're, again, I'm telling you right now, we are not in this, oh, it's all about us stuff. Amen. Paul said, Romans 9, 2, and 3, look at this. For I have great heaviness and continuous sorrow in my heart. Why was he sorrow about it? Well, I could wish myself were cursed from Christ for my brother, and I've never wished that in my life. I've never wished I'd go to hell so that somebody else could be saved. Yeah. Paul said I'd be accursed so that they could know Christ. My brother, kin of the flesh, that they'd be saved. And he goes on down through there with that. Number 18, the New Testament Christians in the Bible did this. John 1, 45, Philip findeth Nathanael and saith unto him, we have found him of whom Moses spoke in the law. Acts 8, 30, Philip ran to the eunuch, opened his mouth and began the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. One of the greatest examples in the Bible of following the prompting of the Holy Spirit. You see what happened this afternoon down there on that road? Same thing happened to Philip with the eunuch. The Holy Ghost said, Philip, go over and tell that man about Jesus. And Philip ran over there. And that old Ethiopian eunuch got saved. And when the Holy Spirit prompts you, God wants you to move. And that's what I'm looking for in this church is, we're, I'm not talking about, I just want this church to become a way of life for us that we don't, we don't feel like we're super spiritual. We don't feel like we're something hot. It's just a biblical thing we're going to do. We're just going to, we're going to give people tracts. We're going to talk to them about the Lord. We may invite them to church, but we're going to care about their soul. And it's not making us some big spiritual something. We're going to have this big program. I ain't talking about that. Now, John 1 41 says, Andrew first finds his own brother Simon and saith, we have found the Messiah. John 4 28, the Samaritan woman, she left her water pot and went her way in the city and saith to the men, come and see a man which told me all things ever did. Is not this the Christ? Acts 5 42, and daily in the temple and in every house, they cease not to teach and to preach Jesus Christ. Acts 8, number, verse number 4 says, they were scattered abroad whenever who are preaching the word. Now I'm going to give you another one, number 19, people are dying. I looked up this afternoon to find out how many people are dying on the face of the earth approximately every day. And it floored me. 150,000 people die every day on this globe. 150,000. Springfield, Missouri has 169,000 population. That's almost like wiping Springfield out every day. 150,000 people a day going into eternity. I can't, I can't wrap myself around it. I can't reach them all probably, but we can reach who we can reach. People are dying. And finally, we ought to win souls because Jesus is coming back. Amen. Therefore, you be ready. This was the spirit of the early church. Witnessing, preaching the gospel to everyone, using every circumstance to tell the gospel. They were persecuted. They were mocked. They were scoffed at. 
But that didn't deter them. They had a message and they gave it. They adopted the winning of people to Christ as a way of life. It became part of who they were. And because of that, that, that early church was in continual revival. And people were saved and added to the church daily as the Lord saved them. Now, we're going to do something and we'll let you out tonight. I want to go over something with you. I believe God has given me a vision and a burden. And I'm going to talk to you about this tonight. I don't want you to do something in the flash of a moment. But I'm going to talk to you about something. In the Bible, in Acts chapter 1, verse number 8, the Bible talks about Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then the uttermost parts of the world. That is a Bible outline for how to reach people. Jerusalem is your home area. Judea is your local region. Samaria is your outer region. Let me give it to you like that. Norwood and Wright County right here would be like our Jerusalem. Southern Missouri, or at least maybe 40, 50 miles each way and up and down would be like our uh, uh, Judea. And then maybe 100, 200 mile out like this would be our uh, uh, Samaria. And then it's out to the uttermost parts of the world. Now here's what we're doing as a church. We're doing all we can to reach the uttermost parts of the world. And it's been quite a blessing that God's allowed us in our generation to do that. That couldn't be done before like that. But here's what I want to throw to you tonight and, and the burden of my heart about this church. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the world, Acts 1-8. Here's the church. Here's Norwood right here. This is 60 Highway from Mansfield to Mountain Grove. Okay? Here is E Highway that runs up to 38. This is Hartville. This is Mansfield, and this is Ava. Five highway running down through there. Okay? This would be our Jerusalem, right in here. This might be, you might say, the kind of a Judea area, and then outside this, our uh, Samaria area, and then the uttermost parts of the world. When we went out the other night, in all honesty, I don't know how many houses in Norwood. I don't know how many apartments. Anybody want to guess? Not Hundred? I don't know. Huh? Thousand. Houses in Norwood? Is there honestly? Uh, anyway, whatever it is, it is okay. Do you know what it took us to reach? And, and by the way, some of you went on beyond Norwood because I've already heard about it. You went down some gravel roads outside of Norwood, right? They did. It took almost from 30 to 45 minutes. It was covered. Boom. Nobody had a big job in front of them. Everybody was encouraged because they knew everybody else was going through the same thing, right? And you knew you weren't alone. Now here's what I'm going to throw out to you tonight. The Lord has put in my heart that... We need to make sure. I'm going to go to heaven one of these days, and this church needs to make sure, and you're going to go to heaven, but we need to make sure that everybody in our area has been covered. Josh has done this. We've done this before in the church years ago, but we need to keep that. There are absolutely unreal amount of new people moving in this area. I mean, it's crazy. Some of them are in this church, and we're glad you're here. But we want to reach people, and so here's what I'm going to ask you to think about and pray about doing. I'll try to be simple and plain about this. 
Bible says, let everything be done decently and in order. God's a God of order. If we had a county map up here, here's what I'm asking you to consider. That you would take a geographical area. You might say, I want Mountain Grove. I want Ava. I want Mansfield. I want Hartville. Or I want a quarter of Mountain Grove. I will take care of this. Making sure that these people in that city get the gospel, a track or something, once a year at least and twice if possible. And I'm asking for people to step up and say, Reg, I live up in this area here and I'd like to take these roads over here. And I'll see to it that those homes are visited with a track or with the gospel every year. Do you understand what I'm saying tonight? That if we busted this country up into small areas, it wouldn't be a big job for anybody. Did you realize what it would do to your spiritual life to talk to your... And here's another thing I'm going to tell you. You may say, Reggie, I live over here at Mansfield, but I would just rather go over to Mountain Grove and work. I don't really know anybody. There's not any baggage going on and stuff like that. I'd rather go to Mansfield, Mountain Grove and take a part of that. Or you may live in Mansfield and say, I'd like to be responsible for making Nor- make sure Norwood gets visited. And you, and you do this. You take a track out. You take maybe some literature uh, some helpful materials and offer to get them. We've got these Bible outlines. Somebody, we got a guy this evening that Jessica has been working with me on. He's, he's uh, mailed in. He says, I, I want to know how to be saved. We've been working with him this evening, trying to tell this man how to be saved via email this evening. Okay. You might say, listen, we have uh, Bible outlines. If you want one of these, I'll get them to you. Uh, sister uh, down here the other night mentioned about uh, door hangers. You do it how you want to. I don't care. You may want to give CDs. I don't give CDs very much, and I'll tell you why. Because I'm the guy preaching, and I just, it feels like self-promotion, and I, other people can give them, and fine. But I just, I'm a little uncomfortable with that. But I love to give out tracts. And you give a tract out and say, hey, here's something good to read, tell you how to go to heaven. You may, may not have no more time. But here's what I really want. I'd like to see from 38 Highway to 76 Highway, and from 5 Highway to 95 way, Highway. Josh, how many homes did you visit, Josh? And Josh came back and, and we just kind of gave him a job. When we, we paid him some, now not very much, but a little bit. How many homes? He says it was a little over 6,000. A little over 6,000. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of homes. And it's, it's tough ain't it, just to get out of every, It's hard. The worst I like about it is the dogs. Bite your ankles. But I'm just going to tell you something. Is somebody not worth a dog bite to go to heaven? Amen. So here's what I want you to think about. You may say, Reggie, I just want one road. <laughs> I don't want over 10 people. I don't care. But next week, I'm going to have county maps, Douglas and Wright County maps. And if you come to me and say, Reggie, I want right there, well, I'll, I'll be responsible for making sure those people get the gospel. And I'm just telling you, you don't have to be no vacuum salesperson to get this done. You just go by and say, hey, here's a track and once you know if we can ever help you, be a blessing to you. If, you ever, if you're not saved and want to know how to be saved, get a hold of me. Give them the gospel. Give them tracts. Give them whatever you do. But here's what I'm wanting to do. I'm wanting to make sure that every... Now, you say, Reggie, I'd like to have Seymour. That's what we're going to go after. We're not bound by that. It's just that's a starting territory. I believe when this church stands before God in judgment, what we're going to be accountable for, did we give the gospel to the people in our area? There shouldn't be anybody in this area that should be able to look at us and say, you never mentioned Jesus to me. 
Ben, you're how far away from home? Hour what? An hour, roughly. You're over around Hart's Horn or Somerville area. He may want to say, you know what, Reg? This is why I say Ben's name about this church. You may have an area where you say, you know what? I'd like to cover that. Might not be over a three or four mile area. But it gives you a work to do for God. Are you listening to me? I don't want Josh going out like he did. It's great. It's good. He, by the way, I want to tell you something. God does a fantastic job. He knows how to handle himself. And I'm not puffing him. I'm just telling you. I've been around this whole day. I've watched a lot of it. He knows how to handle himself in a lot of given situations. And it's because he has studied. And the more you do it, the more practice you have doing it. And you start understanding what you, know, you don't do and so forth. But I'm telling you something. If all you ever do is come to this church and sit here on Sunday morning and listen to Reg Kelly, you're going to burn out. Yeah, right. right. You're going to burn out. You try coming here 25 and 30 years like some of these people have and you don't start doing something for God yourself, it'll get stale on you. And if you're not careful, you get a little bit sideways and you've lost your burden for souls. You don't have a vision. You come in here and listen to preaching. You're kind of ticked anyway a little bit. First thing you do, you're going to get sideways to everybody. I've seen it happen over and over again. I am telling you. Now, Dean, you can't walk very well, right? Hard for you to even come to church, correct? But what you can do, Dean, is get on Facebook and you can minister to people on Facebook. Sister Dolores Evans has started putting scriptures on. Sweet, I mean, they are good ones. Yep. And she starts putting scriptures on Facebook. You know what I'm telling you tonight? Get involved somehow, some way in reaching people for the lost. This little lady right here, she just walks up to this smile and says, you need to come to church with me. And they say, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, but we're all not all like that. You know, Danny's house is not what I mean. It's hard. Danny, it's hard for you to get around right now, right? You know, Danny's not going to get out and do four or five miles jumping in and out of car. Like stuff. Those days are past. He's done it. But those days are past health-wise. But he puts on Facebook devotions and things he's doing. He hadn't quit. He's doing what he can do. And that's all I'm asking all of us today is get a burden and say, you know what? I'm going to quit just coming and sitting in church. And I'm going to do something to reach people. If it's just put a track and when I pay my bills, (laughs) put a gospel track in there. There's a lot of ways that you can serve the Lord. But I'm telling you something. I believe it's important for us to reach our area. And when we do that, I believe God will bless it. Reach out. These boys got a tent. You know, we're just still praying God open up those kind of things. And I want to encourage you tonight. If you would tonight think about the message Ronnie Simpson preached. But the other night it opened my eyes wide open when I saw over 100 people come here. I thought, what if those 100 people, if, if just let's say there were five. And by the way, I want you, if you say, Reggie, I will be responsible for this one area. I want you to get you two or three helpers. Bible teaches to go in twos. There's a lot of good reasons for that. But if you say, I'll take care of this area, let it be known that you'd like to have some help. You say, Reggie, but I don't know if I got time. You better take time. You better take time. All right. Okay.